Welcome to the Ridge Against the Mainstream Podcast for the first time. Our new friends from Frederick, Maryland have heard voices. I want to welcome you guys to the show. Thank you. Yes, sir. So who do we have sitting with us today? Want to go this way? Yeah. Yeah. So Stefan, bass player. Alex Garner, vocalist. Dylan Baird, guitarist. And Jeremy Savon, guitarist. Awesome. So uh, I got into contact with you guys through CB Entertainment with Chris Bianchi. Um, so how'd that whole um, partnership come about? Sure. Um, so this year um, was pretty much the year we were we became set on finding management. And I'm going to be honest with you, between blasting off so many emails and just connections and making contacts, he was just one of the folks I found somewhere, somehow. And uh, I guess, you know, we hit it off. And he's been wonderful so far, man. CB uh, has done great by us. Yeah, he's awesome. He'll yeah. always... Uh... He'll just talk to us about stuff, and he just knows his shit so well. He he's answered so many questions for us that we're like, oh, fuck, that's how that works. We should have been doing that years ago, or right? you know, <laughs> it's funny. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So you guys aren't the only group in Maryland that's part of the um, the blanket there. You guys have Alica down by you guys too, right? That's yeah, right. Those, those cats rip. Yeah. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're insane. You nailed it, buddy. That's how I heard about Chris. Come to think of it, it was oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who it was. Yeah, Alica was one of the first bands with uh, CB Entertainment that I actually interviewed. And me and RJ are actually pretty decent friends. And uh, oh, cool, man. that's one of those things I was always grateful that I got into contact with Chris for. Yeah, and yeah. Just to talk to all these guys, it's just, it's it's incredible. Yeah, bro. We're actually, uh, we're playing with them October, what is it, the second or third week um, at Zen West here in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, it's going to be awesome. 14th, 14th yeah, Saturday. Nice. All right. So I guess let's start from the beginning here. Uh, who, yeah. Who are you and who are your influences? Oh man. That, <laughs> that, that changes daily. Man. Um, I would say from our first catalog dissidents, our first EP, um, that was extremely kill switch engaged soil work and periphery driven. And that was right about the time I started getting into more, like, I don't want to say virtuoso guitar playing, but cats like Al Joseph, uh, Marcus, uh, I can never pronounce his last Scafoli. name. Scafoli. Mm -hmm. um, so it was this cool intersection of me playing riffs that I was, like, stuff that I want to listen to and writing stuff that I actually enjoy listening to while pushing my lead work and being like, oh, I didn't know I could do a vibrato like that. Or, you know, bending it certain ways or just articulating certain notes to give that metalcore vibe um, like a different lens, something that was more melodic than just like, oh, hard vocals in the verse and clean singing in the chorus, you know, something that could stand alone without vocals and be a great composition. So I would say that iteration was just coming from the gut. And then the second EP, uh, we went to seven strings <laughs> and, um, you know, we were more driven on writing good verses, not saying our last stuff didn't have sufficient verses or you know they weren't musically enjoyable to listen to but we wanted every part um to have a purpose instead of just being like ah this verse works with the chorus you know it relates yeah. like a sister riff um so i feel like the the ep that we just released 12-way war is more thematic in a way that it's like cohesive you listen to all the songs you're like oh that riff comes back in a clever way or that uh, that breakdown echoes something that happened in the beginning in a wise way. So, yeah, I say we have a lot of yeah a lot of progressive influence too. So between the buried to me is always one, and we already mentioned periphery, but I really love like the contortionist and protest the hero is one of my all time favorite bands. So like we're kind of all over the place too because I don't know I, stuff is like I know you love Fear Factory. And, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Like we're we're just all over the place. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So the one thing that well, scanning through your guys' catalog that I found that was interesting is that the entire thing, it was like consistent throughout all the releases that it didn't sound like it was another band with every new album. Like obviously you guys were expanding and everything, but it was you were listening to half heard voices the entire time. You know, there was never a uh, 
there was never a question on who it was. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that goes back when I was laughing at that question because, you know, these songs were written, um, like, not months apart at a time, but I'll start one and then, you know, start chipping away and shaping it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this riff is sick. Let me start this other song. So it all depends on like what I was listening to that day. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, that has a heavy weight and you listening to any of our stuff, you're like, oh, this still sounds like these guys, but maybe it might sound more like within the ruins, you know, or this one might be a little more ballady. Um, it just all depends, but that's cool. That's like, a compliment of the highest regard is, you know, we'll have like people be like, ah, oh, that watermark, we know it's happening. So yeah, right. that means a lot, man. Yeah, man. Oh, we just, um, I'm sorry. Um, we always say we just write what we want to hear. You know, uh, okay. we try to, I don't know, not, not glob on anything or uh, jokingly, we always say we, we try not to be campy about stuff. Um, <laughs> and actually, uh, three out of five of us are music teachers. So we're like constantly intaking music and i think that that influences a lot of what dill was saying um which is we're just always hearing something new uh literally at work <laughs> so because we teach it we, we tear it apart and then we put it back together you know throw it at a student so uh i don't know I, I feel like i don't know a lot of bands who lean into that but i think that's mm-hmm. that's one of our big things man you know we're all music fans um I mean, we love going to shows. We we love recording other artists. Um, we're very, very into it, man. So with the music teacher thing, like uh, you guys like music teachers at a school or like a music shop or something like that? Sure. Uh, private instruction, um, guitar, drum, uh, other pro audio lessons, all sorts of stuff. Um, actually, our drummer, uh, Pat, who's not here, is the... Uh, kind of the pro audio sometimes they'll teach uh recording you know modern recording and uh production By sound yeah 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 we'll see and that's the thing too that's very interesting about your guys' music and i've checked uh like live videos and stuff you know because you always have to see if they suck live like that's always like the big <laughs> thing there and um you know like usually with like progressive bands you can immediately tell if they don't have it in their live sound and um just like the proficiency and the technicality of your guys' music, it translates to live. And it's like that, you know, there's like no real difference between the album and live. And awesome. that's something that I always look for in music and especially with heavier bands. Thanks, Thank, you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, dude. Yeah. That's what we strive for. Man. You know, I'm not sure if you, you were able to find it on YouTube, but we, we did a in-studio performance of some of the songs on the new album. I've uh, seen a couple of them. Yeah. Right. And, we really wanted to to prove exactly that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're actually playing and stuff and, <laughs> you know, we're tight. And um, if, if you haven't seen those, what are the three out? There's three right now. Yeah. So I think we're actually going to put out one more here uh, in the coming week or two. So nice. And um, another thing that I absolutely love when it, when heavier bands do this is, when their vocalist is able to go from super harsh screams to extremely good, clean vocals. And I don't know if that's like a purposeful thing in your guys' writing or if it's just you're showcasing your abilities, but how does that whole thing like flow into your guys' sound? I'd say that's the metalcore seeping in. <laughs> that that, yeah, that yeah. sound is, I mean, probably one of our biggest influences I would say it's 50-50. It's that metalcore and, you know, progressive metal or or not even vocal, technical. Vo- vocal production, though, is a huge part of our process. Yeah. Um, Derek, uh, is, our producer, is is an awesome vocalist, too. And, like, he and I will just, we'll grind for hours, you know, tracking and writing things out, doing massive um, harmonization. and What we uh, call chord stacks. Yeah, arranging. Chord stacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, and then I'm also influenced a lot by like Mike Semesky, uh, you know, fo- uh, previous vocalist for like Intervals and uh, current vocalist for Ranchi and stuff. He's like a huge, um, he, he was a teacher of mine and a uh, huge influence on me. And just like that kind of progressive style of like writing, yeah, stacking chords and like 
kind of making like another instrument out of the voice um, is like yeah, a huge part of our composition and how we approach stuff too. I, I, I've never been a guy who's just like a fan of just like one dimensional vocals. Like I love dynamics. I love, and I always love bands where like the same guy screams and sings, you know, and just fucking does Kill it all. Switch. Yeah. 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 Kill switch. BT bam. I mean, that was kind of like their thing is like, he's an awesome singer, but he's also just fucking brutal, you know, oh, yeah. doing it all. And it just, it, you know, you maintaining your voice is always like a constant thing. It's always a constant thing for any singer, but especially with metal vocals. And it's all about just maintaining chops, practicing, doing the scales and fucking just grinding it out so that you have that endurance. <laughs> it's almost piano like um, if you were to crack open one of our sessions for the, you know, recordings for any of the songs and just solo the vocal and, uh, you know, another instrument or two. <clears throat> it's almost like you're hearing a song right there. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah, the vocals awesome. really are lines and uh, chord stacks and counter melody on its own, which is pretty cool. So who is Half Heard Voices? When did the band start? How'd you guys get together? <laughs> so, this was uh, kind of a passion project back in 2018. And Steph and I, we were living together and no real, no, you were in time columns at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking math rock bands. Yeah. So, so Dylan and I had been playing in and out through bands since like middle school. And at the time, and that was probably the most downtime we've had in 2018. And we decided to pretty much go for just a studio project, something we would release just for our own pleasure never play shows and of course that didn't happen because <laughs> you know you you become very um what's the word enticed by wanting to hear the songs live oh and yeah that, yeah man that and i remember sending it to uh an old bandmate of mine years ago his name's brian koloff and um i played drums in this band called obscure signal which is kind of like a dc up on the rising band and shortly thereafter they they dissolved but we still kept in contact and uh he was a big inspiration for me on guitar, I was like, dude, check out these songs. Like, just tell me what you think. And he was like, when are you guys going to play these live? And I was like, I didn't think we were. Like, it was just <laughs> like, oh, hey, like, you know, yeah. someone I look up to and a mentor is being like, dude, this stuff's fucking good. Um, so that's when we really started taking it seriously. And we, you know, you, me, and Zach, uh, Zach Gunther, who was in another band that I was in, he did vocals. And then Derek Ryan, our producer did all the clean production. And after that, we're like, we need another guitarist. <laughs> in comes Jeremy. Yeah. So I played uh, <laughs> a couple different projects with Stefan um, over the years. So we had played together. And then uh, me and Alex were actually in a band. Yeah, well. we had just gotten out yeah. of another band, yeah. uh, Inoculum, that we had kind of uh, been jamming in for like four years or something. Yeah. yeah. So it was, we were kind of, shutting down that and they were looking for somebody and i was like well you know yeah i joined after i joined after the first ep but like after hearing that first one fuck i should have joined <laughs> i should have got in there earlier yeah we have a joke about that um i don't know if we've ever told anybody we asked alex to be on that first ep the uh, uh the darker one dissidents and um, I just never heard back, man. So we kept moving. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was just too cool yeah. for us. I was just doing my own thing, you know. So I was, uh, I was finding myself after, uh, after getting out of like a big project, um, figuring stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> All credit due to uh, Zach there on our first record singing. Uh, we still play some of those songs, and they never get old, man. We're we've been uh, kind of reintroducing some of the old material in. Um, so yeah, you hear Alex on Twelve We War officially for the first time and mm -hmm. um and then we had the drummer juggle you know oh, god this was every the, band uh, has one man dude, yeah it was mm -hmm. so bad i mean we we had at least three fill-in hired <laughs> guns and it's just like just like all right he can't play all right he can play he's more of a death metal drummer all right like we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be pushing the bpms tonight you know we're gonna be pushing the click and then we had another one who was more like just groove it's like all right we're gonna be laying back tonight so it was 
it was laughable in hindsight, but at the time <laughs> it's stressful, man, because it's like, you want to be as consistent as possible. And even though we play with in-ears and we run to a click, um, we still play off each other. You know, it's like, we know what to expect now with our solid lineup. So, you know, playing with whoever one weekend, it's like, all right, I didn't expect that Phil. Like, okay, let me try and like do something <laughs> to comp to it. Um, but dude, that went on for fucking two, three, four, four years. And then I remember, uh, cause Patrick and I, uh, we worked together at the same studio and I was just mixing some <laughs> demos for our upcoming album. And one day he was just he was like, yo, what's that? I'm like, oh, there's some new shit, you know, that we're working on. He was like, oh, that sounds really good. And he walked away and I was just text, do you want to try out for us? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and the dude learned pretty much the whole first EP. Dude, and, that was fucking crazy. Yeah, Every dude. week, dude, he would just come in and crush the songs. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm not saying that the, the songs are like out of this world hard on drums. Pretty, but there's some pretty fucking intricate rhythms yeah, and shit on there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, what they just did there. Right. So I was like, a, I was blown away. So, and, and that was that. And, you know, after a couple of rehearsals, the first show, we're like, all right, man, you want in? Just, all right. Now the real work starts. So, yeah, right. you know, so what goes into a live production for a half heard voices show? Cause you guys have like the sampled stuff that goes into the songs and like, they're all intertwined and everything. How difficult is it to replicate this stuff live? Sure. Um, let me start by saying if the samples were off, it would still sound like half heard. Yeah. Um, we, I feel like most times you can't really hear them that much anyway, <laughs> depending on the venue. The sound guys. Cause it's so like, loud, uh, right? Um, yeah, the, the sound is not full on, you know, melodic death, like, uh, like Euro metal where the strings are like just as loud, if not louder than the band. Mm -hmm. it, it really is just a reinforcement thing. And, um, it's really just for our fun, our pleasure. Um, and, uh, like having our samples, I like having some, cause I can only sing one note, but like, I love harmony. So I love if I can put some harmonies in, but, um, I mean, it's definitely not like super essential for us. With us, we just love having a click so that we can just be super tight and consistent. And then I would say another huge component of our rig is like our lights. Um, oh, since, yeah. you know, because we're running all this stuff through Able, uh, you know, Jeremy and I've like slaved away like countless uh, engineering hours, yeah. just like getting our like, lights programmed and set up so that we have like a, a pretty you know, um, mature, like, uh, DMX and light setup so that everything's like fucking synced. And like when kicks are going, it's like, bah, 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 you know, everything's just like flashing, yeah. syncopated, you know, Dude, tell, tight. talk about Jerry went into like moods of the lights, which completely like blew my mind. You were talking about like, yeah, withered sun at this one part, it, it feels warm. So we're going all yellow. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, don't sense, go yeah. on about that, dude. That shit was wild. Well, audio know. visual. You just try it. You just whatever. I, I mean, I sit in my basement when we do. You know, we get a new track, and I just basically listen to the song like eight thousand times. <laughs> as I because you have to do the lights like note by note with MIDI. But since we were we have the backing tracks, so it's been about you know, hey, we can actually sync the lights up to this and have you know a live light show because we're doing the clips. So why not? And yeah. I'll ask, you know, like Alex and I was last We've been talking about it for, yeah. for years, <laughs> but we never played the click. So we yeah. were like, we could do like a little bit, but we could never like could start yeah. like painting a visual picture that goes to the music. Yeah. And so since we had the backing tracks, it's like, all right, game on. And so we went out and bought like a couple thousand dollars worth of lights and just, <laughs> you know, nerded out on YouTube and figured out how to program them and just went at it. So. Well, that's the best part about the time period we live in now is that you can just jump on YouTube and become a pro in minutes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> Some of this stuff, it was so neat, though. Like, we had to, like, figure it out, though. Like, there was, like, a guy who had a video that was kind of like what we want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so Mac has this internal built-in MIDI, digital MIDI control. interface that I could actually use to route from Able from light show to ableton so that i can fucking actually communicate like <laughs> yeah dude like it was yeah it's um, a sensory yeah, we're pretty thing. proud of it yeah yeah it's a sensory thing it's really fun to play it sucks to and set up <laughs> it sucks hearing lights fucking takes where like you're standing in front of people you're like 
oh, this one goes to this one, and then that one goes to that one. And you're like, you feel like an idiot. But <laughs> well worth it. Yeah, it's, well it's always it. worth it. Yeah. I talk to people like, where were you the whole show? It's like, I'm just back there plugging shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this is what I do. <laughs> So is that something that was always like a goal for you guys to provide like a whole like uh, like you were saying like a sensory type thing to give it like an all immersive experience? I would say that yeah. first time I heard that it was from Jeremy and he just went, dude, can we just have I mean, we there's a healthy competition thing and I like that stuff. And he was like, let's just get the best lights, man. Yeah. What, what's it going to take to have the best lights at these shows? And they they just spearheaded that thing. And uh, now, I mean, it's it's a major part of what we do. And uh, people have come to like love them and and just comment on them just about every show. Mm -hmm. And um, next thing is probably like projector, like yeah, odd, complete <laughs> audio visual. Like I need a bigger trailer. Video. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I want to do. Uh, you know, as we build our music video catalog, but also um, I have like audio visual software that you know you can you can do so many cool things with you know our band's art or assets and. You know, make fire and stuff that like wavers to the song, to the to the kick drum or whatever. Solo fire. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the next step. Alex is killer. Like he he gets into like three D rendering and doing like the blender thing. So he's oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I've been doing a lot of Unreal Engine like yeah. game development stuff too. Yeah, going yeah. at it. So we're saying like a Tupac like hologram might be something <laughs> in the future. Yeah, that's wait not a second. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> So, I was uh, obviously I was going through your guys' YouTube channel and stuff, and I saw that Solstice has sixty nine thousand views on YouTube. Congratulations! Yeah, on that. God, sorry, you can't, couldn't help it. If someone did, if I didn't do it, someone would. So, how does it feel to have you know something like this? And it all seems like you guys are real like DIY, like do it yourself type people. How does it feel to have? like that level of success, especially on uh, like uh, a platform that's so saturated with, you know, all these type of bands nowadays. What we were talking about earlier, just a couple minutes ago, I mean, we have Google scholared our way into learning how to do <laughs> all this stuff. You know what I mean? And um, I think uh, before Chris came in and, you know, offered his amazing services to us, uh, it, it really was as DIY as it can get. And, um, yeah, you know, 69 is almost 70, which is almost 100. I, I I, think we're always reaching for the next little goal. We just want more. Yeah, I'm, never, I'm never happy. I'm a fucking dick anymore. It's America. <laughs> like, I remember when this podcast first started, we we hit like 100, view, or 100 uh, downloads, and we thought that was like incredible. Then, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, then it was 1,000, and then it was, you know, oh, sky's the limit now. <laughs> yeah. It was just... And to have something like that is just so like it's so satisfying to know at the end of the day, like everything that you have is from you, and like and you did it alone. Yeah. But then it gets to a certain point to where you need someone like a Chris Bianchi to take it even the next step further. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You can yeah. only delegate so much before it's like, hey man, um, I'm sorry, I can't do that today because I'm doing lights. Well, I can't do lights because I'm tracking the new song, and that's why we. Uh, <laughs> I started to uh, seek out someone like Chris, and he's been awesome. I can't say it enough. Yeah. So, Twelve Wave War released in November of last year. What went into the process of writing and recording this music, or you know, how did the songwriting process work for this album or EP? Sure, a, a big one. Uh, one a point I can't miss is uh, it, it is our COVID record. We had a lot of downtime chose to use our time wisely and i mean we ran back and forth to all our home studios and crunched away until until it was finished and uh really enjoyed that downtime i mean a lot of us were working from home so it became a lot easier we were i mean we were tracking until like the a.m and stuff yeah. um I, I really wish we could have maybe documented a little bit more because uh I mean, some of the hours we were pulling it's were, were a, hilarious. It's a blood, <laughs> it's a blood, sweat, and tears album. It's like one of the most. It's like one of my proudest achievements, I'd say. It's like that that EP, and it like it fucking took you know something out of us. You know what I mean? Like it 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 was 
so much work and yeah <laughs> i mean we're like we're so proud of it because like everything there's like yep we fucking we didn't cut any corners like if there was corners to cut that you would normally do on like you know a local band ep kind of thing we didn't we're like you know at our age and like by this like point in time and like our music careers we're like we're not fucking cutting corners anymore we're gonna you know everything that we could do we did it and that's evident too with with the production quality and the songwriting of these songs on this on this ep it's just um like i said when when i when i first got the email from chris and i was like all right you know you, you don't really know what to expect and then i heard it, i was like whoa i was like yeah. Yeah. like it's nice to have like artists on here that isn't your generic like you know blast beat breakdown blast beat you know. <laughs> yeah yeah i, I love I think, that yeah. stuff too um we, we love, love a lot stuff of that stuff, too. but I feel like it is so saturated. Like I'm just, I just go so sick of going places and being like, I, I heard this when I was 15. I like, I, you know, we've been doing this shit already. Like, I, I think my favorite part about our writing is that we make people want more of the heavy stuff. So it's like, you know, we, we do throw breakdowns in there, but it's like just enough for you to get your, your lips wet. And it's like, oh shit, I gotta listen to that again. And that's like when I'm writing. You know, it's not like I'm intentionally teasing people, but I want that replay moment. I want people to be like, yo, that was like tasteful. And then live, if you've never heard our stuff, it's just going to be like heard and dismissed just as quickly. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? You know, and then it's, um, you know, it's just a writing style that somehow I've come to because I love death metal <laughs> and like, you know, Oceano, um, uh, you know, Chelsea Grin, all that. Just I call it ignorant, but I, you know, I ignorant say that with shit. love. But it's just you know, just make the stank face and go <laughs> get. Like, but you know, there's there's so many other elements of music and different genres that I I try and cherry pick. That the breakdowns are kind of like the treat. It's like yeah, we've worked hard to get these melodies and like you know things to 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 flow well. It's like we'll give you a little something real quick, and then you know we'll go back to back to Candyland for a little. Move, push and pull, man. That's what it's all about. Here's a little core. For yeah, a second. right. right yeah. <laughs> but now, oh, sorry. Go. No, 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 I'll just keep rambling. Cut me off. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing that I that I really love, and it, it comes with the progressive thing too, and uh, it's almost like a hallmark of the genre is like the ambient, the ambient guitar parts. It's just like, like the building of the soundscapes things. It's just like. I don't know. For me, it's like almost like therapeutic. It's just like so nice to hear that kind of stuff. Hell I mean, yeah. great. I, I, I like slam and, you know, old school death metal and all that other stuff, too. But it's just like it's there's something about like a, like a like a harmony or like a uh, like a peacefulness of like the ambient parts just like make it so much better. Yeah. yeah. The ethereal, uh, the clean guitar thing, <clears throat> that's. I mean, I would say what thirty percent of of our guitar production. <laughs> it's it's took, always like, there. Probably took eighty percent of the time too. Yeah, like, yeah, because of you know it's touch based and it's oh, classy God. and it's, Dude. it's it's like you said it's it's downplayed, but uh, it's a big piece of the puzzle too. You know, and that was the first time we really took clean seriously in our production because I don't think there was a ride bell on our first EP. There wasn't a ride cymbal on the set. There was I don't think there's any cleans in our our first EP if, if there was it was like layered in so to have um parts of songs completely dedicated to cleans we were like we got to make this baller so um like I said this was like my first time really recording cleans and performing it and I remember hours we would just work on one section and Steph you know he produces and engineers all the guitars and bass he's like you're hitting too hard I'm like okay you're hitting too soft I'm like okay you're out of tune I'm like fuck like all three you know it's just and it was it really it really shows in the end though because uh to me it's seamless you know it's 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 like the best performance we could have gotten and um so i'm really thankful for that because now i know like our clean production is going to take half the time and mm -hmm. now we know where to go like we know you know what the 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 bottom line is you know we can't go below that and mm -hmm. we came out with a killer product as far as those arrangements well, and that's the thing too in like modern day production with the you know the advances of plugins and all that other stuff. It's just so it's like once you get that sound, it's easy to keep it. Mm -hmm. You know what right. I mean? It's just like it, you could just reuse it over and over and you don't have to worry about, you know, 
getting the right settings on your twin reverb and all that <laughs> other, right. you know, all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with that, along with that point, um, I feel like I drive everybody crazy with this, but the the artistry part of performing everything in, you know, we play everything in um, and tone searching and, and trying not to use things like presets and reamping real amps with real speakers that you hear on that record. All that stuff, um, I think it adds up to that realness, and uh, that's what we're going for, man. So I'm, I'm glad you could hear the the clean stuff and appreciate that stuff, man. Because, uh, like I said, it, it's 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 small compared to the, to the wall of sound stuff. Mm. But um, I mean, live we we love the the release and then the push the pushback of the heavy guitars, you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, I'm a guitar player as well. I mean, nowhere close to the proficiency of you guys, but <laughs> I just like. like I always listen to that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I guess since we're kind of talking about the studio and stuff now, what do you guys enjoy doing more? Playing these songs out or sitting there and crafting and woodshedding these songs and getting them absolutely perfect? That's a good question. I think it hits different. I like the other one guy. more when I'm doing it. Well, it's like, you know, you get certain satisfaction playing it live and then a different type of satisfaction being like all right we got this down and it's like like Dill was saying we got a performance that i can like yeah yeah i, I like getting get that behind. solid product yeah. in the end i'll but tell yeah, you i'm leaving that behind when i die from yeah. the gut <laughs> i would lean into the production thing i think we're a, a composition style detail driven band and not that it goes hand in hand but uh the fact that we're not a slam band and we don't write parts just to see kids kick each other's ass you know what i mean um yeah I, I would lean into we love the composition thing more and we love the production thing just about that much more <laughs> now have you guys ever written anything and then you sat there and listened to the playback and you're like fuck we got to play this oh yeah yeah my biggest first of all i'm just like fuck i have to remember how i played all because when I write, it's just like it's in spurts and I kind of start in the middle of the essay and I'll write the chorus and then I'll kind of work outwards and I'll work on verses and then I'll write an intro and then, you know, outro or whatever. And then by the time I get to like to the third part of the song, I'm just like, what the hell did I play? And I got to <laughs> go back and listen to all, you know, all the tracks. And then once it's finally done, sending it to the guys, everyone signs off on it you know, move to the next song, and then we start tracking that previous one, it's like, dude, I don't even know what this is, you know? So it, it's, I would say remembering it is is the hardest part for me. That's what I, I, if there's one thing I can say about these fucking get fiddle players, dude, watch their fucking right hands, because they're fucking flawless, dude. Like, I'd say, like, these dudes have some of the best right hands in... In the goddamn area. At least. I was about to tell a left-handed joke. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm left hand. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, you're picking hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm a guitar player, too, so I, I appreciate it. But I will say, and not to, like, to gloat or be smug, uh, in the song Fear Before the Rest that we're in a, that we're in a spin, there's, it's the, the passage right before the chorus, and it's like, like, and that is probably my favorite part to play live because it just looks so cool. Like when people show us videos of it, it's just like us three and Pat on the drums. I mean, it just looks like a firing squad and all of our hands are just, just fucking going for it. And it's all down thing. Just like, I don't know for how many bars, but we're just going and it just looks brutal. We so love, we love Slayer is, too, man. Don't, oh yeah. Don't, yeah. don't get it wrong, man. Yeah, we love can't that deny it. I'm going to go on right now. This shit's so how do you guys divide up guitar parts is it um there's something like where you'll write a riff and then you'll write another riff and then you kind of put them together or is it something like hey this is the whole song what fits with it Dill actually does the majority of the writing in the band for this band so he'll he'll kind of like soundscape everything and be like what do you think of this what do you think of this and occasionally i'll be like well let's let's try and do like this in here or this in there and but like he's like a songwriting machine. He basically he has to do a ton of riffs and he has all like the, the MIDI behind everything and he just kind of throws it at us. Yeah, he's a big he's a big logic guy. Yeah, so yeah. He just 
you'll go through the fucking library and just yeah. find the perfect thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm thankful for, for Jeremy because him and I, we're cut from the same cloth when it comes to metal. But you're more, I would say, on like the thrash, like not the blanket statement, but like arch enemy. And me, I'm more of like groove. So a lot of the rhythms that I write, it calls for Jeremy's quickness and like, um, you know, precision. And for me, it's like I do most of the leads and most of the solos in our live set as well as recording. So that's like we both show our strengths through our, you know, studio work and our performances. And um, yeah, it's a good balance because I don't think I could play all those rhythms. I mean, if I worked at it long enough, I could do it. But I, I feel like we're both at home, you know, where we're at as far as like holding down the rhythm, the chunk, and then, you know, I bring it in with the leads. So it's a good team effort when it comes to like that soundscape you're you're talking about. Because if it was just one sided, you know, I don't think the the sauce it wouldn't taste the same. <laughs> Got me. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up Arch Enemy. Um are you into like uh, like Carcass, like Michael Amat, Christopher Amat, like older older stuff they were doing? Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I definitely love a lot of thrash. I'm a little bit older than these guys, so you know I, I was in a like thrash, Fear Factory, and that you know new metal stuff like Mudvayne and you know, Slipknot and all that stuff when I was younger. So was, all that stuff was a big influence on me. And then you know if especially the Fear Factory, like Dino, if you you don't. Oh yeah. You know, get your rhythm hand and check pretty quick with that shit. Crazy. You're just not, not going to be able to play it. So Monster. growing up on that, that kind of helps shape my, you know, what I do. <laughs> I That's the thing, too, with, like, uh, like Dino and all those other guys and, you know, like, Meshuggah and stuff. It's It's so funny because we all remember when that stuff came out. And it's almost like everything's starting to come full circle now where these kids are, like, starting to hear of Meshuggah for the first time and mm -hmm. hearing Fear Factory for the first time. It's like, this shit's been out for, like, ever. Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what it is? It's, you know, kids got into bands like Periphery and started asking, how did you guys come up with this? And they went, well, we didn't. It came from this. <laughs> you know, as it should. And it's, like, it's this snowball effect. And um, sometimes when music, like, especially metal, it'll get just more and more and more extreme. And then it seems like, all the prog bands kind of bring it really back in for a second. And then it starts going extreme again. And um, we've actually tried to ride that a, a little bit and explore tunings and get heavier that way. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that on the, on the new, the upcoming record, um, it's actually going to be our first LP, first full length. Um, we're exploring some even lower tuning territory as well. Are we going to hear like a drop F or something? Close. Um, I will away one of the secrets. Um, we wanted to go because most of our our stuff off of uh, our recent release is in uh, seven string drop A, so low A, and then everything else standard below. And I was just dicking around with some riffs, which actually turned into our instrumental. And I was like, let's just tune this down to G and see what happens. And I was like, I, I still like the the range of having a standard standard guitar, like E through E, but just having that FU note. I was like, okay, this can work. And whenever I want a bar chord, I was like, it's just a minor third shape and I just slam it. So it's mm -hmm. not like this weird, awkward, like, oh, I got to relearn, like how to make these awkward chord shapes. It's like, all right, that's already home. And something about that position too feels really good. It's like, feels powerful. And I mean, that's what you want when you're playing in, in G and below. So um expect that there's definitely a lot more um moments to throw down you know it's not like we completely flip the script as far as like avoiding melody and avoiding those huge courses you know the moments that really you know touch you but it's like we got to give it to you a little more so you know just just oh, a little more g-force a little more g-force <laughs> So in, in that alone, you know, going to that lower tuning, it's like, all right, I'm listening to the Acacia strain a little more this month. And like, let's see, let's see how they do it. You know, not just from like an enjoyable listening standpoint, but as far as like, what are they doing with these notes that make them, you know, the staying power. And also, you know, I'm, I'm not like too much of a music nerd. I'm like, well, this has to happen for this to happen. But it's like, where are they going that makes it sound badass? And uh, I think that's a driving force behind our music is we do involve a little bit of theory. Um, as far as keeping things consistent, but it's not like we're going to write 
in Lydia. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I love Lydian. Never mind. <laughs> like, all of our shit is Lydian. So, explain that. But yeah, lower tunings, heavier fucking breakdowns, Papa John's. It's going to be sick. <laughs> so, what are you able to give us as far as an update on the LP? Or if anything at all? We're cutting vocals tomorrow. <laughs> right, work right. in progress. Yeah. Um, we should have a song. Is it soon? Nine tracks? Uh, nine, yes. Oh, yeah. Nine tracks. Um, we've only done the two, six. They were both six song EPs, right? Yep. Um, so that, that's a big thing for us is the... The LP. Yeah. And to arc through, you know, that many more songs is... Uh, it's definitely gone into our mind and, and uh, we wrote as such. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just nine different songs that don't sound alike or anything at all. We actually, you know, you try to order your, your tracks that way so that things make sense. And um, there are some uh, some quotes to some other songs, some older songs um, for, for the music geeks out there. See if you can catch it. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a nice treat. And I know we all listen to different uh, genre types, but instrumental is something that I'm trying to get better at as far as like echoing and involving in a thematic way, like Pliny um, off of Paper Moon. He involves this one uh, guitar motif in every one of his songs, but it's like either in a different key or a different mode. And it's so cool how it's like, man, this is, it's like a familiar friend. You're like, oh shit, like that's, that happened in that song. And I think it's um, going to be special for, for those, you know, who are, you know, dedicated to our last EP, and it's gonna hit. They're like, "Oh man, like What's I know that? that part." You know, I remember singing that part at one other show or something. You know, um, it's gonna be like a little bit of a like, give back to them moment. And also, it's fun just to take melodies that we stand behind and reharmonizing and you know repurposing. So, is there any uh, talk of a release date yet? My goal is to give y'all something by the very top of. 2023 it'll probably in the form of two tracks um and then a couple months after that the whole thing i wish i could give a little more but um i, I know chris likes to be tight-lipped with certain things yes yep <laughs> <laughs> so you know right um i will say this we're we're just about finished with it we're we're very close so I can't wait to share it, man. I'm already excited. <laughs> mm. Well, when it comes back or when it comes out, I, we definitely have to get you guys back on. I mean, then, then again, we'd it, love to. It, it could suck. And then, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this fucking album is killer. Whatever. Yeah, man, that, that, that shit was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I got here for you guys, it's not a question at all, but um, where can people find you? Where can people find Half Heard Voices? This is your time to, you know, selfishly promote. Sure. The, you know, the usual usual socials, uh, Spotify, our, our YouTube, we, we lean, lean into a lot. We have quite a few videos um, between in-studios, official music videos, playthroughs. Um, we have all sorts of stuff. I hope you guys look on there and, and find the, uh, the latest for uh, Solstice. It's a video done by uh, Patrick Lawler who used a uh, sort of AI-generated program to kind of paint, or how, how would you call it, program? Or Mid-Journey. Yeah, he, he, yeah, so he would feed it, like, samples of images. Yeah, it's called Mid-Journey. It's like, it, I mean, it's all over the headlines now, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was still in beta uh, when he was working on it. So he was just showing us, like, he can use, like, sample images and then keywords in between that, just generate, like, these fucking crazy images and then his thing is also just like doing like a 2.5d like taking images and making them into a 3d spectrum and so you look at these and they were they were just pictures but he makes them into a, like a believable scene and you're like i'm moving into this and it's all lovecraftian you know evil uh great old one themes kind of thing like taking over the world apocalypse thing and like dude this stuff is 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 moving it is graphic it's all over the place that video is incredible yeah thank yeah. you thank you that was yeah, yeah. that He's, was he killed it one of our favorite moments of of our second ep was getting back that video and having somebody apply their artistry to your already existing song <laughs> and the fact that it just 
I mean, it meshed so well. And we gave him a little bit to run with, but uh, we had him, you know, go nuts. He just, like, you could tell him, you know, what we want, and he fucking knew what to do, you know? He's just, he, he's a great artist, and and he has that gift of being able to do that. I mean, but, uh, like, I don't know, was uh, Polyphia's goat, or it's one of their, one. He, you know, he's done some of their videos, and it's just, like, fucking wild shit. And I'm like, I want that dude. <laughs> I don't want that guy. Because he's as ADD as I am when it comes to like visual shit. <laughs> but so, as, as far as other platforms, um, our website, halfwordvoices.com, that's yep. just the umbrella for everything, yep. uh, including our merch store. We got some new merch coming out next month. Got some fun fall items that we've been wanting to get for a while. Yep. Um, uh, Spotify, let me mention that. iTunes. Um, yeah, and also, all, all the streaming platforms. Yeah. I say Instagram and YouTube yeah. are like our biggest ones if you want to like interact with us. Yeah, and following us as individuals, we're very active as far as like you know, I don't want to say we're uh, you know, update studio time, this, that, and the other, but we do post things that are relevant. Um, kind of a glimpse into our personal lives on how we approach it, and it's I don't know, I kind of gear it towards music geeks too. Yeah. And I'll talk about like, hey, yeah. let me show you how I. Uh, you know, came up with this riff that's going to be on the upcoming. So especially at the moment, uh, yeah. while we finish the album, uh, I mean, that's all you're going to see from us. So if you guys, um, you know, start following through or start kind of tuning in, there's there's plenty to see of the new record. And if you want to hear sneak peeks, that's that's the best that's way because I do put them up, um, <laughs> just not officially, right? <laughs> Don't worry, I won't tell Chris. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. This was a blast. Um, I'm excited to hear the new stuff, and um, I'm excited to get you guys back on to talk about it when it comes out. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us, thank man. Thank you very much. Dude, the hour's flown by, man. Yeah, yeah right? That was th This was a quick one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much, man. Thank you all. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Half Heard Voices, and you're listening to the Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. And this is our song, Fear Before the Rest. <laughs>